I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. Today we are talking about HA recovery. As kind of usual around here, that's definitely a favorite topic for sure. I could talk about HA recovery all day, every day. It's definitely one of my favorite things to talk about, obviously. And I actually have an announcement that has to do with HA recovery. So I've been kind of teasing this for a while now, but I officially have opened a wait list for a brand new program that I will be releasing this month. I opened the wait list later on last week, but I wanted to announce it to all of you here listening to the podcast today. So I will also provide you with new information that I actually didn't even mention on Instagram. Um, When I first mentioned my upcoming HA recovery course on Instagram, I just provided you all with a wait list so you would be the very first ladies to find out about when I officially opened the doors to this brand new program that I'm going to be releasing to all of you. But I will share the name of this upcoming course with you all. It is called Flowing and Free. So this course is really important to me. August is actually a really important month. If you've been a longtime podcast listener or just someone who's been hanging out with me for a really long time and keeping up with my journey and all the things that I've been doing over the years, it was three years ago when I started HA recovery and like fully committed to getting my period back. And then it was two years ago that I actually got my period back. And last year we celebrated my one year HA recovery anniversary with basically like a month-long HA recovery series on the podcast. My friend Danny and I, who is also obsessed with talking about periods, joined me on the show and I'm pretty sure for like all of August we were just doing listener Q&A type of episodes and that was such a fun way to celebrate my one year anniversary of getting my period back and fully recovering from HA. This year we are going to celebrate in an even bigger way I guess with the launch of Flowing and Free. So more details about flowing and free to come. But I do want you to be sure to sign up for the waitlist if this is a course that interests you. This is going to be a hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery focused 
course. And you can sign up for this waitlist by clicking the link in the show notes today for this episode, or you can hop over on Instagram and click on the link in my bio. If you're not yet following me on Instagram, you can find me at I am Meg Doll. So that is I am M-E-G and then D-O-L-L. I am Meg Doll. And I just have a link in my bio. You can click on that and just get your name on the waitlist so you are the very first person to find out when the doors to Flowing and Free actually open up. And so that is some exciting news that I have just been dying to share with you this week. And there's a few other things that I want to talk about before we actually dive into today's episode with Ashley Smith and talk all about HA recovery and her experience with it. So the first thing is that I do reference my current program, Back Home to You, in this upcoming conversation with Ashley. Now, I am still offering my course Back Home to You. Back Home to You is going to be different, obviously, than Flowing and Free. Flowing and Free will be my HA recovery-focused course for those women who are really just focusing on getting their period back. Back Home to You will always be my signature program and you don't necessarily need to have HA in order to work with me inside Back Home to You. In Back Home to You, we talk about past traumas and old wounds and I walk you through my self-love framework, which includes self-awareness practices, self-compassion, healing, inner child work, self-acceptance and shadow work, self-forgiveness clearings. So we do a lot of deep healing inside Back Home to You and you're actually going to get to learn a lot more about Back Home to You next week. I am going to have one of my Back Home to You graduates on the show with me next week. So stay tuned for that. I always love highlighting my clients' experiences throughout the program. So I have one of my clients going to be on the show with me next week. But for this week, let's talk about my chat with Ashley before we actually dive in. A couple things we refer to Danny quite a few times. Danny is a mutual friend of mine and Ashley's, and Danny is actually the founder and like the operator of the HA Society, which I know so many of you are familiar with. The HA Society is incredible. I'm actually inside, so sometimes I jump in their Mighty Networks group and chat with the ladies. I've also done several presentations, and I'm going to be a guest presenter in September again, talking more about body dysmorphia, because in my last presentation inside the HA Society, I talked a lot about body image and healing 
through HA recovery and how that relates to healing your body image as well. And then I received a lot of requests to come back and do another presentation all about body dysmorphia and supporting yourself through that. So if you're a member of the HA Society, I will be back inside that group come September. Um, And then... I guess that's all I wanted to clarify. I just wanted to make sure you all knew who Danny was when Ashley and I were talking about her because Ashley is actually a coach inside the HA Society. So she works really closely with Danny. All right, ladies, are you ready for today's episode? Because I am. Ashley is so similar to me and so much of what she says if you've ever worked with me before if you've ever been a client or a student of mine inside one of my programs before so much of what she says you'll be like nodding along and be like yeah Meg has definitely said you know something along those lines before so Ashley and I just get each other we're totally vibing on the same wavelength and I'm so excited for you to meet her today Hey, Ashley. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me this week. I am pumped, especially since we've had you on the HA Society. Now it's like this cross of goodness (laughs) and crossing paths of goodness. (laughs) I know. I just love it. And I love your energy. And I kind of just had to stop you from talking a few minutes ago because (laughs) before I even hit record, you were just, we were kind of brainstorming of what we were kind of going to talk about today. And you were bringing up some really juicy stuff and everything was resonating with me and totally up my alley. So I'm just really excited to dive into this conversation, but I'm so excited for our listeners today just to get to know you a little bit better. So I gave you an itty bitty intro before we jumped over to our conversation. So why don't you just like introduce yourself to everyone listening today? Yes. So I'm Ashley Smith. I work with Danny. Sheriff, you know, the most original last name ever. <laughs> um, and she runs the HA Society. And so I coach with her and I um, just jump on the community calls. It's really something that I became really passionate um, about. Danny and I used to work together and we both developed HA <laughs> together. So and wild. So, yeah, right. Um, especially, but when you look at the circumstances and the environment, like it's not shocking, right? Like it's not shocking at all. And so whenever she started the HA society, I was like, girl, I, I fully believe in you. How can I support you? Like, how can I help out? And then it kind of just grew of us, um, just coaching together. She and I are on completely different brain waves, but we complement each other. So we love to do calls and then we started coaching, um, and it's a huge passion of mine to speak life into people. So that is um, my newest outlet is coaching through the HA Society. Awesome. I love hearing more about you and Danny. So I'm just curious, though, out my listeners who regularly tune into the show, they're very familiar with Danny. They know what Danny's <laughs> all about and they always get super excited when both Danny and I are on the show and I feel like we have 
a really great like way of looking at things because again like just like you kind of said you're interested in the same thing you both love supporting women with HA but you approach things differently you said like you know you kind you obviously have a different brain than her so I'm curious how you would kind of um, describe yourself compared to Danny and like what maybe Mm. like what's like your approach versus hers so Danny will probably be giggling and I hope she hears this and she's like with like her little kid she's with her kid um but I like to go for the root why because I really do feel like I'm called to bring healing and I don't want to sound too woo-woo but like um I was in an industry where I felt like I wasn't able to address the root and so I was just adjust, um, addressing symptoms all the time. I felt like I was putting a Band-Aid on and just changing it out every seven days. And so for me, I like to go to the root of it because I believe if we get to the root, then the symptom, which is really causing us pain, will actually take care of itself. And I know that sounds really simple, but if we talk about something about like anxiety, I actually don't spend a lot of time um, helping my clients cope with anxiety because then it's, then it's like, I've just given you a coping mechanism. Yes. I want to get to the root of it. I do believe in having a coping mechanism because having a complete meltdown, no one enjoys that. Right. Like that's not how we want to live. That's not truly living. Like we don't feel alive. Right. Um, and so while I do address that, I like to go to like, okay, but what's actually triggering anxiety? So if we were to look at anxiety, take a step back and zoom out. And I'm going to say something that seems a little harsh, but I swear, stay with me and not take it personal, right? Like, like if we're able to zoom out and be like, my body is trying to tell me something, something's, um, something's not resonating with me something is rising up like something is bubbling up if I'm able to look at this as a trigger and not be triggered by it and then stay curious on to what it is that's the work I like to do is to get to the root and um, address it so that the symptom of anxiety lessens becomes less frequent you know what I mean and then I also think of going down that rabbit hole of I also don't think that being anxiety free is the goal. I think it's like, how can I navigate this anxiety rather than being navigated by it, which are two different things. So that's how I coach. (laughs) And Danny's very analytical and I love that because she's like, but did you check this first? (laughs) You know what I mean? So again, the, the, the way we both work together is great. Yeah, so from what you just said, it feels like our brains are more similar than um, out of the three of us, you, Danny, and I am like, oh yeah, Ashley, that's totally how I work. And I know if my clients are listening to this right now, they'll be like, oh yeah, that's exactly what Meg tells me all the time. (laughs) 
So you used anxiety as an example, but we know um, from what you just shared with us that HA is something that is really important to you. That's kind of what brought you and Danny together, that sort of thing. And so I'm just curious, like, let's use that root example, like instead of addressing the symptoms, you like to okay, what's the root of this? Okay. And so how can we apply that to HA? Like, what does that look like? Because I think for so many people, it's just about, okay, let's get my period back. Right. But I think both you and I know that it's so much deeper than that. And I mean, I recovered from HA like two years ago now, and it's always been like, my goal to create this HA recovery program, that sort of thing. But then I ended up creating my program back home to you because I was like, you know, there's just so much content out there about how to get your period back. And it's like, I think what you very similar to what you're saying, it's like, okay, we know like these like very like surface level type, like those things that we need to do, but like what's at the root of why the period's gone missing, but I'd love to hear kind of your take or approach to that. Absolutely. Yes. Our brains are on the same and it feels amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I hope everyone's on this vibe with us. Yeah. Um, I like to call this um, our midlife crisis, right? I feel like everybody goes through an identity crisis at some point in their life. And for some, this is the season. And most of us are like either 20 to 30. And we're like, whoa, why am I struggling with all this really? But so like you, I actually, those who struggle to recover, I would say that like this applies to them. Those that were like, oh, I know exactly what I need to do, did it and moved on with their life. And it, and like, it wasn't a blimp, more power to you, but this isn't for them, right? So I like to call it, this is the work that everybody is called to do and must do, but I think it manifests in different ways. For our listeners, this is through HA because the root of how and why HA developed is more than likely going to be found in our worth and our identity. And so for the first time, our bubble's been popped and we're like, I can't do all the things that I have identified myself with, right? Like I can't go hit those 10K or 30K steps a day. Like I can't be the fittest person in the gym right now. Who am I? Right. And so it's this huge identity crisis. Um, And I think that's why there's so much resistance that rises up um, and prevents us from doing the quote unquote logical things that we know that we need to do. Kind of like you were talking about, like uh, by now, most people know minimum of 2,500 calories or plus, and that's just a minimum, right? Reducing exercise and rest. It's really on paper, the most simplest prescription, but whenever your worth and identity is rooted in this, it is one of the most painful, I think, experiences that you can go through, right? Because it's, what do you mean? I can't be this fit person anymore. You know what I mean? And obviously I think that's talking in extremes because I do think that it is a season 
that we need to pull back and it's not forever. Um, but also, I think it also peels back the layers of how many labels we put on ourselves. Like I have HA or no, actually you're, you temporarily have HA. Like this is not a permanent thing. You know what I mean? Meaning I'm the fit person. Well, what happens when you're 90 and you're not as fit as you once were? Are you, are you no longer worthy of love? Are you no longer worthy of self-love? Like what happens if you were to break your hip and you can't be the fittest person in the gym? Like, who are you? You know, um, and so it's really having to do that work that will then take care of the eating and exercise, but to only address the eating and exercise and not the worth and identity piece, it's just like whack-a-mole. You know, like we're just going to continue to have these things pop up and we're going to continue to do it temporarily. And then it's just this cycle. And hence why I think a lot of people feel trapped because the very thing that we're avoiding, which is doing the work when it comes to worth and, and identity, we're avoiding that. But in that avoidance, it just keeps us spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. Right. Well, it's kind of like, okay, so we know we've been talking about HA recovery on the show forever. So a lot of like, all of my listeners who are listening right now are mm -hmm. familiar, you know, just like what you said, the eating part and the reducing exercise part. And if we just do those, like there was a reason why we weren't eating as much as we should be. There's a reason why we were exercising more or like intensely than we needed to be. Right. And so if we just address those two things you're not really getting to like the core of why you were doing that in the first place like why those changes happened in the first place so we can address those two things get our period back and you might enjoy like a year or two or even more but if we didn't address that why like the root of it or the core of mm -hmm. it as you and I both refer to then it's very likely that we're just going to go back to those behaviors like if a trigger comes up for us again right because we didn't address that core or the root of it yeah I like to call that the core lie so it's like what is the core lie that we have made an agreement with right so one of the things of one core lie that I think that we don't even set out to heal is I don't trust my body somewhere down the line I have told my body, you have no idea what you're doing. You don't know how to do it right. So therefore I must tell you how much to eat and how much exercise every single day, because you are unruly and can't do this by yourself. Right. And so hence why in HA recovery, whenever we intuitively know that we need to give up tracking or restrictive eating or dieting, we almost sit there like, and I can't even say like a child because a child knows how to intuitively eat. Even infants know how to intuitively eat. So something that we told our body, you actually don't know how to do is something that it's been doing since the beginning, right? We almost go like way past that to like, I have no idea how to eat this meal. And it's because we have not addressed this core lie that we have told our body I don't trust you and you don't know what you're doing. But by the way, I need you to turn on my HPA axis and start reproducing because I told you it's time. 
right? And so it's really this first time that I also find with most HA clients where we haven't been able to muscle through something or grind through it. Or if I just work hard enough, that's another core lie. If I just work hard enough, I can achieve this type of body type. Danny and I talk about this all the time because it's been advertised since we were young that if you just work hard enough, you can create this type of body. It doesn't matter what you start with. It doesn't matter your genes, genetics, environment, situation. You get to create this body and you can go steam ahead, full steam ahead. No need to stop until you achieve it. And then that's how like, well, we may not have achieved it, or maybe we did and developed HA. So it's just a whole lot of core lies that have to be addressed or else um, you may get your period, but you're still living in this world where you're like, my body is, has no idea what it's doing. It can't be trusted. So you're constantly living in this state and think about we eat how many times a day and we think about food how many times a day. So it's that constant battle of like, you have no idea what you're doing. You have no idea what you're doing over and over and over and over. Um, so just add that to the stress level <laughs> of mm -hmm. subconscious. Yeah, no, one of my big core lies, as you put it, or I often use like the term a misunderstanding was that I couldn't trust my body. And so I'm curious for you, obviously, I'm assuming this was probably one of yours since you used it as an example. But like, what were some practices that you found really helpful that supported you in regaining trust for your body? Um, so I'm a hundred percent that person that I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we often use ourselves as the example, you know, right? <laughs> I'm a hundred percent that person that's like, I'll stop when I'm dead. Right. Um, and so really for me, I think it was, that I had spent so much money in every type of doctor, conventional, holistic, naturopathic, bought every supplement, every liver detoxification. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me every, about it. <laughs> every single thing I've ran, I, I ran everything until it about broke. And the only thing that I would not allow myself to do was to trust my body. So it was like one of those things where, where like, like, you know, like that option was always on the table, but there was so many other things that I could have tried and did before I had to really use that option. And so when I was like, I literally can't go to one more doctor and I have exhausted endocrinologists, like clinics again, naturopaths, like I've exhausted it all. And so at that point, it was ironic that the one thing that I was withholding from myself was the one thing that was actually going to heal me. You know what I mean? Like, like that was the one thing. So for me, I think because the evidence was there, because I had lived in denial for so long and have spent so much money and had exhausted all the other resources. It was one of those things of like, this is it. And I can't run from it anymore. So that's why I, um, I think when it's like, it's interesting when I feel like when there's a lack of compassion for this community of the mental side of it from certain people that I'm like, mm, just, I don't know if you went down that path then, you know what I mean? I don't, 
like I'm sensing that this was like something that you fixed really easy. Um, and so I do think that like, so like a lot of people will feel guilty about having HA for an extended period of time. And I'm like, well, we can feel guilty about that or use that as the evidence for why we should try this option that you've avoided. It actually serves a purpose. It's not for nothing. Like there's, there's no need to have any guilt. Like where we are going, guilt doesn't fit. Like, you know, like, you know, like I think of it like a, as a door, like, like there's only so many things that you can bring into this next season. And unfortunately that one's way too wide and cannot fit through the door. So speaking of dealing with HA for a certain period of time, when did your journey with it start, Ashley? So I probably had it for much longer because I was, um, I've been on the pill, you know, like everybody, I've been on the pill since I was like 15 and then I had a IUD and then I, I know I was still having a cycle and then it stopped. And then of course, like everybody, no, no doctor was worried. And so I wasn't worried. I didn't know anything. So I probably had it for around for at least what I could remember, at least to start asking was probably like, like five years. So I spent five years in denial of like, this isn't a problem. No one else is concerned to like, oh, well, I'll just like not try as hard at CrossFit. <laughs> I'll just like tone it back or, you know what I mean? So, so like I did it all, like I did all the excuses. <laughs> right. As so many of us do. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I don't feel guilty about it. And I don't think anybody else should either. Cause like, if you were to go back in that time and tell your person and tell yourself, Hey, this is what you're doing. I probably would have been like, meh, like, as in like me going back and telling myself anything, I don't think I would have chosen anything different because I was so driven to achieve, right? That I just would have been like, eh, that, that's okay. Or uh, I don't know about that because that's how like bullheaded I am. <laughs> like, so I know that for me, I had to get to this absolutely downright exhausted give up. And so with my clients, like, I can tell that they're about to recover because they're at this place where it's like, they're so exhausted. They're about to just break. And I'm like, I know breaking yes. feels like losing, but this is, I can't rescue you from this. And even if I could, I wouldn't, because this is what has to happen. Like we have to come to this place where we're like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like oh, I'm yeah. done fighting this. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's so painful. It's so painful, but it's so beautiful because you know what's about to come on the other side. Mm -hmm. Okay. Talking about this point, like, you know, when your clients who you're working with are about to get their period, like, you know, when it's coming, right? I'm curious what maybe that day or the few days leading up to your very first recovery period, like, what was that like for you? Did you kind of reach that point of feeling like, bro, like, you're about uh, to break or what was it like for you since you say that you know so well that when your clients are about to get their period back yeah so um a few days before I was like like I have such a vivid memory of this because it's so unlike me 
right? But I had to drop a lot of these labels and self like false identities that I had like really built up and was really proud of, right? Like, you know, like I was really proud of these false identities because I thought that's what I wanted to be, right? So interesting, gosh, this is, this is, um, just a backstory real quick is that the previous year to the year I went on this, it's a CrossFit mission trip, which I'm still involved with. And I gave a seminar for five days on nutrition. And just for a side note, anytime I did teach through that like avenue, it was never this highly restrictive shame. Like that's just not even how I roll. Right. So I had um, come and done these five seminars, right? Monday through Friday, I did it. And that's like when my AJ was starting to spiral, like really, really bad. So it was a year after and I had, and I, and so like I would recover on the second trip, but I didn't clearly didn't know. And so right before I had thrown myself on the couch, my poor husband, I throw myself on the couch and I was like throwing the biggest like fit of frustration, weeping, crying, mourning, just if you could see a grown adult acting like a two-year-old who had emotions way too big that they couldn't process, that's exactly what I looked like on the couch. And I was like, I can't go back. I'm the same person that was given the nutrition advice. And now I've gained 30 pounds. And don't say you don't notice because there's no way you can't notice 30 pounds, right? Um, and I was like, I can't go. I won't go. Right. And plus, my husband was sitting there and be like, okay, well, do you just want to cancel it? I was like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> right. So it was the biggest breakdown. I remember feeling so lost in every fiber of my being. Right. Cause there was this small, sane part still left of me right? Of like, no, this is, I know I'm called to this place. I know I'm called to go back. And I know, I know that somewhere that there is this truth that people love me for me and not for what I look like. It was just, but like, it was so small, right? And it wasn't big enough to drown out any of the negative thoughts, feelings, emotions, but it was the only shred of sanity that I had. Right. And so, and then, so I wind up like recovering there in Nicaragua in like the middle of like this jungle. No yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, to the point where I had brought, cause you know, like I was so optimistic through these five years that I would just, uh, put tampons in all my like, travel cases, but you got to do I it. Had, yeah. So I was like, I'll just throw it in there. Right. Cause at some point this should work, but I brought these teeny tiny tampons, right? Like these little like smalls. And then like my period had came back full and it was almost like my body was like, that's a joke. Like, what is that? <laughs> like, what is this teeny tiny tampon? Like what? And so, but it was the most, like, that was the climax of 
all my insanity like just boiling to the surface and then i started my period and it's something that we see with almost all of our clients like just when you're just like i truly can't even then that is, you know because yeah I remember feeling the exact same way. <laughs> totally. I think Scott had like ran to the grocery store or something and came back and I was just like a puddle on the floor, just like literally just crying on the floor. And he was like, what is wrong? Like he was so wor- worried about me. And I like couldn't even tell him I was just so I felt like I just was like launched into this deep dark hole and I was just so upset. And then that night I got my period. (laughs) It's almost like like being the most outrageous middle schooler, right? That's just nasty, but then hurt at the same time, right? Literally just, yeah. So obviously like that makes sense now but I also know that that's the point where I truly like had to let go and I know it's so cliche but everyone who's going through this journey knows that or even on a subconscious level knows that you're still holding on to something like you're still holding on and like you talk a lot about that which has been phenomenal about like what's that last thing that you are holding on to you know what I mean and like we all intuitively know so for me, it was, I was still holding on to that. I could recover and still maintain, well, not, I could still to some degree control what my body composition was going to look like. And so when I saw that to not be true, that just hit another like crazy button in my head. Right. And, but then like, I finally, I think it was me. So like, I, so I believe in like prophetic acts of like me getting on that plane was like, I'm still going because I'm still called like I'm I'm pissed I'm angry I'm irritated like I can't even barely function but I know that I know that I know and so sometimes you have to do that part of your journey I love that so much and I'm so happy you brought up like the let go piece because and that was a huge thing I remember when I was just at the beginning of starting my HA recovery journey I kept hearing girls say once I finally let go that's when my period came back once I finally let go of this my period came back and I kept seeing that over and over and over again and I think it that really helped like hearing that a lot because I knew I had a lot to let go of, you know, these like deeper core things that we were talking about before, but they were so covered up from years and years and years of dealing with this shit, you know? So yeah, it's a really, I know it's like just for our listeners today, you know, it's such a challenging journey you know like there's so many emotions throughout it all but you and I looking back at it now it's like wow that was great you know like that was great I'm so grateful for that experience and that journey that I went through absolutely yeah it's um you look back and I'm like man I'm exhausted like I am exhausted from that but on the other end is I am actually really living you know 
um, and creating with intention, right? I'm creating this person who has many parts and know like, I can't just click these boxes and fit into it, right? Um, and so it's so interesting that we all intuitively want to be unique, but when it comes to the work of creating that, um, we're like, oh, it's just easier just to fit in this box or it's just easier to strive to fit in this box, right? So yeah, and plus I think it also, you look back and you're like, wow, that really had a, a deep root in me deeper than I was capable of realizing because if it wasn't truly that deep then it shouldn't have been so hard to pull out of my heart it wouldn't have taken all this with it right it wouldn't have been so painful because like a lot of people are like, and I would have been that person be like that's not my identity like I remember even telling telling myself that well that's only what I was capable of seeing. Like you can't see your blind spots. And so I think for most of us, if, if you are struggling with HA recovery, it is because the blind spots are much deeper and wider than, than like you possibly know right now. Um, and it tends to be wrapped up with worth and identity. And, you know, and so we attack that by like, what are the core lies, right? Um, yeah, so. It's one of those things that, yeah, you could leave it in there, but you're at a point where your body is like, I actually need you to take it out. We actually can't continue. I always say that our body um, teaches us how to set boundaries because she ain't turning on until you give enough food and enough rest. Like there's no negotiations. There's no pushing the boundary line. She's like, I've said what I've said. Until, until I have enough nutrients flowing in and enough rest and de-stressing, this just isn't going to happen. Yeah, so true. Okay, so I want to ask you a few more, I don't know, kind of like fun questions, but questions that I think a lot of my listeners are curious about when it comes to HA recovery. I know I was always kind of curious, and I think these will just be kind of fun questions too, whenever I have someone on the show talking about their experience through HA recovery. So from the point that you started recovery to the point where you got your period back, how long did that take you? So not counting the five years of denial, like not right. because, exactly. because, because <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I would definitely say that that was my, my like half in attempts for five years, a hundred percent. Um, but from the time I was like, screw it. I'm not just hibernate in my house, um, and gain the weight. It literally took me four weeks, four weeks. Yeah. So but think about, I was doing all these half things coming in, right? So again, that's why I'm like, it's not wasted. If you took a step forward, I don't care. I'm gonna celebrate you because it adds up. Now don't get that message misconstrued. You know, like that's not gonna be enough, but you're moving forward to the point where you're like, I, yeah, so, so like four weeks. So it's interesting because I'm like that story of like five years of trauma and four weeks of like, what? <laughs> right 
Exactly. (laughs) But I think that just goes to show you that, okay, our journeys need to look how they need to look, right? You were supposed to experience that for five years. Like that's the way Ashley was supposed to do it. Right. And Mm -hmm. we just need to honor that. But then it also shows everyone who's listening that once you actually do just like fully jump all in and do the thing that you know you need to do and like completely let go of whatever it is that is holding you specifically back, Mm -hmm. like it can happen in four weeks. Right. Yeah. Your body will honor that. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But she sets boundaries and she's not playing. She's not mean. She's just not playing. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So Ashley, you also brought up like CrossFit and I feel like for a long period of time, you were acting like the unicorn child as so many of us do. And we're like, we're going to keep just doing CrossFit or working out or like going for hour long runs or whatever it is. Um, so what did like working out look like for you once you actually got it back? So yes, I was a poster child of, I think I'm a unicorn. Um, so previously I was doing CrossFit five days a week and then I would do an hour lifting session and then, and then I'd try to get in 10 K. That is so much. Then (laughs) I would do massive big hikes on Saturdays because I live the most beautiful place. So like probably 10 miles, 12 miles, the bigger, the better. 20 miles like if I could like you know I'd be like okay yeah I'll work out and then I'll you know like like right before I actually recovered or decided to recover I was going to try to do rim to rim so yeah so like I was that exactly right and so that's why the whole so um when when I started to recover I never cut out exercise entirely so I was just thinking about this today I actually when I first started I think the first five days I was still trying to run and I was like Ashley this is stupid this is gonna be you're like you're gonna drag this out stop like get through this you know what I mean like like that's not the answer either so um I completely cut out all cardio I would walk but didn't care how far I walked And then I would lift, but I always called it geriatric style, meaning I'd be on Instagram in between sets. My heart rate never got above like a hundred. I never, like, I didn't allow myself to do supersets, but I would sit there and just, I would run the machines just very slowly. Um, And so I think I even probably still lifted maybe three to four times a week, but it was such a reduction. And because really and truly, I wasn't going to the gym to control my body. I was truly being like, I always said I like to lift. So do I truly like to lift if I can't change my body? Right. Like, do I like can to lift I if actually I go into the gym and just do like a super light workout, quote unquote, and still enjoy it? Or yeah, like, do can I, I actually be, like, chase pushing myself? Yeah. yeah. Like, can I actually chase health? Like I say, I really am doing, you know what I mean? So I was able to do that. So again, my, it's, I, I like to see the variation of how people recover and cause, but I completely cut out all hit, all cardio, no 10 K, no hiking, none of that. So see, that's again. the thing, like whenever, when I started AJ recovery, 
and like read the book and, you know, dove into all the things HA recovery related, I was like, oh my gosh, like I do not have an issue with exercise. You know, like I am so far from all these people who are like running and doing CrossFit five, six, seven days a week, some of them. And I was just like, okay, this is not my issue. I just need to eat like an F ton more food, you know? Yeah. Well, when I first started to recover, um, well, research AJ, every single thing I've come up with is people who want to be really small. I'm like, no, have you met me? I'm trying to be jacked. I'm trying to get bigger. I, I want more muscles. Right. So I never, or they're like gymnasts or dancers. I'm like, yeah, that's not what I'm rocking either. So I never identified until I saw Danny. And, I, and then, I, then it was like the mirror where you're just like, bless it. Like, I really can't run from this anymore. Yeah. Okay. Last fun question. Did you have like a favorite meal or something through HA recovery that you were like, yeah, that's like a good one to include? Um. So Danny and I say this all the time, like, we probably just started to incorporate like things like we should have been for a long time, like potatoes with butter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, but um, I do remember, I think not so much a meal, but one thing that I really enjoyed was just going to a restaurant and the goal was to not make any substitutions. Like you pick something on the menu and you, and you order it and you eat it. Like, that was because automatically it's going to just bring more flavor. I love food in general anyways. So it wasn't going to be anything because I will say that even while I dieted down or was in HA, like I still incorporated all these foods and I actually technically, that's when I started the journey of like, Oh, maybe there is no bad foods, but I was more of like the portion size or making substitutes somewhere else in your meal type of thing. So really the area that I had to like heal was just order the thing and eat it, you know, type of thing. So that was really the meal that I really enjoyed the most is I just go out to eat and pick a meal off the menu. Awesome. Yeah. I just really wanted to ask that question because I think when, you know, you're in HA recovery and you feel like you're doing all the things, you know, and you're still not you still don't have your period back. Um, I thought that question would be kind of good just to ask for our listeners to hear and see if they're doing that or if that's something they can be doing and make more of a point of doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was actually just talking to one of my clients and I was like, I don't think you realize that you're still adding zucchini to our oatmeal we don't have to like, like that's, that's that blind spot where I know you're not being intentional, like trying to like work against your recovery, but we've just done it for so long that like an extra pair of eyes could just be like, Hey, why don't we just be like, let's work on striving to have a serving and a half of oats and skip the zucchini. Yeah. Like if you are Mm -hmm. using the zucchini to like volumize your oats, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just eat double the amount of oats, then add a zucchini to our oats. And you're probably, I know people say they love zucchini in their oats, but I'm going to say that like, it's probably even better without and just like more oats in my opinion. Yeah, a hundred percent. And because the biggest thing is, let's just 
approach this logically. Zucchini has barely any calories. That's why you have it in there. There has, it has no, at the very end of the day, like there's no micronutrients in there. Therefore, is this serving us or is this like hindering us? You know what I mean? So it doesn't even have to be, it, it could just simply be a, this is not contain any nutrients that is really going to help us right now. Right. You know what I mean? And like, if you did want to add something to your oats, like let's mash up a banana and put it in mm-hmm. there because that mm-hmm. would be, you know, if you did want to add something, let's look at how you said, okay, what can I add that is actually going to like put me in that, like in a closer position to recovery would it be like a zucchini or a banana well it's going to be the banana so let's go for that right yeah and also think about most of us potentially had digestive issues towards the end of our ha journey so the healthiest thing you could do is probably lay off the veggies you know what i mean so it's just kind of one of those things of like, but is this serving you? Not what society recommends. Is this serving you? Like uh, people with HA tend to be the outlier, meaning, yes, I know it's healthy to walk, but walking 10K to 30K a day. Right. But like even going back us. to like the whole vegetable thing, it's like, is the amount of veggies that society tells us to eat actually the amount of veggies we need to be eating? You know, I oh, look yeah, back that's a whole on my plates from like years ago and I'm like, did I ever really actually want that whole plate of whatever vegetable that is, you know? Zucchini noodles. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. So anyways, Ashley, this has been an awesome conversation. I could keep chatting with you forever. But one last question, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Ooh, unbreakable. Um, The first thing that comes to mind is knowing when to pivot you know, that it's not, um, it's not so much having to have the right answer all the time or having to be sure that you're on the right path all the time, but being willing to pivot. Mm, I like that so much. So for our listeners who want to follow you, for those who aren't following you already and just stay in touch with you and learn more from you, where can they find you? So I'm basically on Instagram. So it's Ashley underscore Marie underscore Smith underscore. And why? Because Ashley Smith is a pretty generic name. So you got to get creative. So don't miss those underscores. (laughs) I will link it up for everyone in the show notes. So it's easy for them and they don't like land on another Ashley Smith. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me this week. This has been great. I loved it. Thank you.